Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. My name is Brian. This is Work to Game, and joining me is Chris, as always, as we sit down to talk about the state of the Final Fantasy XIV raid scene. We're going to also talk about our current impressions and thoughts about raiding within uh, the current tier of Savage. Chris has been stepping into that as well. And then beyond just that alone, we're going to talk about Season 3 Crystal <laughs> Conflict has been a cluster truck post over on the 14 Discussion uh, page. Hopefully you guys are enjoying uh, the content here. Be sure to like, favorite, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Sound off in the comments below your thoughts, and then we're going to see what we can do here on the show itself. So anyway, guys, <laughs> we're going to talk about some stuff here on uh, on Final Fantasy uh, community discussion. Um, overall, if you guys haven't been keeping up, Chris caught me up to speed as to kind of what was going on. And then if you go out to Twitter and to Reddit, uh, that's where you're going to kind of see this. You know, I'm going to put drama in quotes, bubble up to the surface, as is the nature of social media. Uh, Chris, why don't you kind of give everybody kind of an overview, like without sitting here and we don't need to name too many names, but it's like, so well, I agree to this topic. This is about the stuff with the stream team that has like multiple streamers on it. Be algorithmically why it got shoved in my face so rapidly, mm -hmm. um, because every viewpoint is something that appears in my feed, as opposed to if you only follow one of those people, um, maybe it's been a little more at distance. Um, but effectively around world first time, people start to form what the Final Fantasy 14 term calls statics. Um, because we only get a raid every eight months, they mm -hmm. can actually form and break apart and reform. And they might be the same people every tier. It might be new people every tier. It, it's a little more flexible than something like World of Warcraft, where you maintain that kind of raiding stability for so long because it takes so long to get to best in slot. So there is this idea that you're almost like with this guild constantly progressing and preparing mm -hmm. and it has a life cycle to it. But like in 14, I see groups break apart a lot, especially because a lot of these top raiders to get around the weekly lockout so that they could gear maybe a tank and a healer at the same pace. They have multiple characters. And now at data center visit and world visit, that means that it's very, very easy to like some some people be part of multiple raid groups um, across your alts. And there are kind of, in my opinion, three tiers of people that take part in Savage. So the first tier that we see are the world firsters. They are taking this on at basically the minimum item level. Um, it's not actually minimum item level. Minimum item level is often much lower than what they are. So when we go back and do that stuff later, at minimum item level, like, how do they do this? Well, they didn't. Um, we usually go in a couple levels above thanks to things like crafted and pen to melding and all that. But it, it gets a little weird, especially back when Savage was released on day one. They might go into those first fights basically in whatever they got while their crafters work on building up a set. And so they are taking this on without gear, without strategies and all of that. The second tier are people that don't really have the time to sit around and, and slam their face into a wall 12, 15,000 hours a day. Uh, and so they come in and they do play week one and they get their first couple fights cleared, but they, they only get so far. And that means that when a weekly reset occurs, they're able to get access to even more Savage loot as a group. And then they can progress a little further, which tends to make things like a final fight DPS check or something like that just a touch easier for them. And by then, hopefully some of the guides have come out and so they tend to have access to a little more information if they want it. Um, and these are very top end raiders. As a matter mm. of fact, the second tier is where you see a lot of these pink parses. When you see these orange and pink top level parses, those like being really good at executing a fight is not always the same as being really good at finding a fight out. Those are kind of two different skill sets. Some people possess both. And that's that second tier of raider and they will raid all through the patch um and but they're not interested in that kind of world first like week one i want to put 50 hours in right away mm -hmm. um which i think the fight usually falls faster than that but still uh then there is the next tier down and that's where i'd put everybody who clears savage and so they wait some number of weeks might be one might be eight um and then they hop in the guides are out there there are people that are shot calling for them they're, they're running with people who have cleared it one or more times, have gear from it already. Um, and so the longer you wait in that last group, the easier it gets. Um, that's the group that I've been in, uh, if I do Savage at all. Um, and so this group kind of formed. And the question is like, well, which of those three kind of tiers are you aiming for? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this seems to be the gap between expectation and reality. So this has been all been a lot of setup to explain that basically what happened is as they progged the group, uh, the group was not clearing the tier as quickly as they had hoped. And it became clear at a certain point that they were not going to get a week one clear. 
and not everybody in the group seemed to have the same number of hours to commit. Uh, maybe you said, hey, I'll commit a lot for the first three or four days. We'll have mm -hmm. it clear by then. And right. then when you don't, what do you do? Some people go, okay, I'll clear my schedule for tomorrow. And other people go, mm, sorry, I told you I would give you unlimited time until X time and then I'm out. Um, just because I'm out of time, I have other commitments. Yeah, and and so it seems to be that's where a lot of the frustration. So there's a lot of clips circulating around this group um, where emotions run high. But when you're clipping dozens of hours of prog and you go find 30 seconds of somebody's like, "Hey guys, like we've died this a bunch of times. You guys are joking around. Can you focus for a second? Like you can get those moments where we've all said something that was a little more passive aggressive or hateful than we intended, um, and that just tensions run high. Uh, and so those clips are of course circulating of this mm -hmm. group that's, that's kind of struggling. Uh, and then it becomes clear that not, every, they're not going to get a week one clear. And obviously they all wanted a week one clear. Right. Um, but some people in that group are known for making guides in the community are known for whether or not you like their guides. Uh, and they are known for having that kind of week one clear and pushing through that. They have other content to get to. They cover a lot of content in this game. They have other content to get to. That person happened to have gotten a lot of the gear from the early fights. I think they funneled all the gear to that person because the way you, what you usually do is you funnel all the gear to like your top DPS or something like that. There's a logic to it. It's not something that affects Brian or I. Uh, and so they, there was a lot of yeah. gear funneled there. And that person said, cool, I'm going to go get my week one clear with another group. My yeah. understanding is that person still intended to prog the tier with that group otherwise but just like obviously we're not getting a week one thing and like letting that chest fall that's just one less chest i have so like i need to go get that chest so let me go see if i can find a group that has cleared that is missing a dps spot and i can slide in with their alts for their week one clear mm -hmm. with the intention of coming back is my understanding um and there has been a whole bunch of frustration around like is that betrayal um and who's at fault here and so like each community in general it feels like that person's core community is like ignore the haters you're good i got you mm -hmm. um but maybe feelings towards creators they already disliked are always like well i never liked them anyway and this is one of those like i knew five years ago when i heard of them that they would make this decision today and i pre-hated them for five years and so you see some of that but somewhere in between there is some like here's what i don't like about the situation or here's why i think it's but publicly, at least, everything I've seen from the content creators involved, because they're the more public faces, I don't think everybody in the group's a content creator, um, has has been, it's not as big of a deal. Like, obviously, do I wish things had turned out differently? Of course, we, if we'd gotten a clear, none of this would have been an issue. Yeah. But I, you know, like, I think it's fine. Like, it seems like they still intend to raid together. They're just they're just struggling with the gap between what they all expected from week one and yeah. what the reality became. And there is a question of like, is everybody in that group the same level of effort or commitment well, to getting that week one clear beyond the effort and commitment though like you also get a couple points that we need to kind of break out one is not everybody in that group also is a content creator and thus taking that dedicated time is them taking time off work where the content creator that's a part of their job and so there is a there's automatically no matter how you split it that difference so like when i go to play the content i'm a content creator but i take time off of work to go and, and do that to kind of have that that speed the other side of it is actually like i mean we can i don't we don't need to name names but y'all can figure it out the uh like talking with them like directly it's like knowing speed is of the importance when it comes to guides everybody can sit here and say like oh i'll wait for their guide etc but when you just go look at at the numbers, when you just look when you when you take out the emotion and 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 the and the people who are there going to support you no matter what, the vast majority where that's actually where that is where that money where you get paid as a part of your job comes from, they just want whatever's first. And we've seen you and I've talked about it even in videos directly, like how the Reddit community has decided the perfect way that guides should be made and rolled out but there's not a financial backing to it. And we could, you could say, well, there should be, or like, there's a problem. You should do this out of passion. That's a topic for it in and of itself. But you look like you want to chime in. Go ahead. I, I think it, the first of a type of guide, right? And so yeah. like people will wait for a June Bob guide because Hector and June Bob are like the two biggest that I see that show up in my feed. I mean, the algorithm may be hiding other people from me that do the animated guides. And yeah. so people might be willing to wait a little longer for the animated guides. People may also be willing to wait a little longer for the first round of optimized guides. So like everybody might have a certain amount of time they're willing to wait, but they want the first of that level of guide. Right. If the perfect guide could be animated beautifully and, and have the optimal strat on day one, 
nobody else's guides would matter. Right. Um, and so they come out at varying stages. Some people just want that day one guide. I'm just about to step foot in. I just want to be less than less than totally blind. Right. Like I just and and so different creators have built communities and have built their reputation around being part of a certain part of that wave of information. Um, and so I have to imagine that when you run into something like a P8S uh, wall, that that is very frustrating for that creator who's probably getting pinged. How much longer on that guide? How much, when, when do you think you're going to have that guide out? And they're like, trust me, man, I'd love to be working on the guide and laughing at how much gear I got. Um, Chad has also chimed in and said there was a family emergency within it. And so like these things happen, like having a group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's really hard to commit to this. And, and that's, that's part of rating. Any of you that ever rated in wow back when it was 40, there people thought you were a complete jerk if you had no tolerance but the raid group that i raided back way back in like a, a little bit of, of of vanilla but mostly burning crusade there was no tolerance zero like brian had a sick mm -hmm. had a sick kid one week yeah. the next week he was benched and people were like you guys are such dicks that's because at that many people the number of excuses that are also venn diagrammed with excuse and good excuse they're all good excuses oh my car broke down great I, I'm not even accusing you of lying, but what I am saying is there were 24 other people whose car didn't break down and we all just sat around and got, and so the group that I ran with was particularly not tolerant. And they're like, I, I don't know what to tell you. You should have been home an hour earlier because then if your car had broken down, you would have known and you could have gotten a ride and you would have still been here on time. Like I don't, and it sounds awful, but it's just, we have 24 people who did everything right that are now effectively with their car broken down because mm -hmm. of yours. And so with eight, there's less of a chance of that but it still can be wildly frustrating when right. you're like, I can both empathize with you that you had a family emergency. That's awful. It's something I wouldn't, you know, I hope we all never experience again, mm -hmm. but also like there's seven other people who st still want their plans are still going forward as planned. Uh, the, and even still like in terms of numbers, cause we've seen MMOs like the MMORPG continue to get smaller and smaller in terms of its group size. Even like we would say our 24 man raids in 14, are substantially easier and people are like oh we want a difficult version of that and sure there are some people who do i'm actually in that category of wanting kind of a difficult 24 man version i think that'd be interesting to see but that does require a lot more on people and chris and i like back especially in arr and even in heaven's word like we've tried multiple we were really back in that day like that's before i was super busy with all the kids like it was like yeah let's do this and we always felt like we had the curse of seven like we could always get seven people to show up ready to play and looking forward to it and we'd always have to go to party finder to pick up the last person and that meant we got maybe two pulls or maybe three pulls even if it was a learning party like that person would always be like i'm out you know and it was like okay now we got to relearn this with the new random as opposed to like if we're trying to learn this together so there is also just a matt like part of the difficulty isn't even in the content and Igea says uh, it doesn't help that the savage is a huge step up yoshi p actually said that he 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 pre-warned everybody like they felt like everybody was easing into their rotations and 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 the structure of, of this that it was going to be a step up and most likely the next year another step up in terms of that because that that's just kind of how i think it's just supposed to be structured so like there is that extra adage that this is feeling it now that's actually what i was wanting to see one of my comments was like i felt like the the eighth circle on normal i was like that that just fell over for us I've done it a couple times and I've never, we've never wiped once on match made randoms. I'm sure that will happen, but I was just like, Oh, okay. That was, that was easier than expected. I thought the tree boss was the, the wall, like uh, at least on normal, you know, for the most challenging piece. But then I was like, okay. But then I was like, I'm wondering to see how it is on savage. And clearly it is a, um, it is a beast. That wall, the, the DPS wall on it, if nothing else, seems to be a problem. So there are groups that even make it to Enrage and they're, they're just struggling, which gear will fix that. Like time will fix that. But yeah. like, it's very frustrating to not get that last chest this week. And then and then it resets. And like, and how many weeks does it take your group? People who only raid one or two nights a week. That's not just one lockout they potentially miss. It could be multiple lockouts because mm -hmm. then they're going to re-clear the first three. And that may take up most of their first raid night. And then their second raid night is still pushing down that wall. So um, it's hard. It's hard. It's emotions ran high. And so I think a lot of people have been ready to kind of decide who was the jerk here, but it just seems like there was a series of situations that everybody would have preferred not happen. 
And so everybody's deciding how to deal with that on their own. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it's really just an example of, um, you know, when we got a chance to guest on Josh Strife Hayes' video mm -hmm. and he asked me, like, what's the definition of an MMO? Like, ironically to me, the number of people really doesn't take that many. It only takes in this game. It only takes really two or three out of a, a total of seven to pretty much ruin your experience. Like you can see here, like it has nothing to do with 25 million. Right. It's those other seven. They're defining your experience when you are in an eight man static or when you're in a 30 man free company or something like that. They define your experience. And so for the fact that we call this MMO, there's a lot of tensions that have run really high out of out of eight people. Like that's what drives MMOs. Mm -hmm. It's it's this interaction. That's just I think that's what this situation highlights. I don't know that there's really anything about any one of these people that was really anything that I'm like, oh, my gosh, that totally it, it just it's a reminder like this is something that's happening every day, every week. There is a, a static going through this. The difference mm -hmm. is that static's not public. This one was really, really public. And so we're getting a chance to see what it looks like for anybody that hasn't listened to Preach's drama time or something like that and doesn't get get a chance. And they're like, oh, I assume eight people are just buddies and they just get along and push through a tear together. No, like at some point, somebody's going to get tired of the fact that like Brian's been hit by the same mechanic for right. an hour. Right. And we're all just dying and everybody cool. else is doing everything fine. And right. they might have mistakes later in the fight, but they're all getting to this point fine. And yeah. Brian What's can't problem, just Brian? get out of the one. Right. What's the problem? Right. And then and then it's like, oh, and then Chris has got to go again because his dog has a bladder problem or whatever. And it's like, I get that you can't control that. But like, we're all just sitting around five minutes between every pool while Chris takes his dog out. And like, next thing you know, they're like, wow, between Chris and Brian, we wasted five hours tonight. Right. And like, that's where the frustration comes from. Had nothing to do with the mechanics. So I want to kind of talk a little bit now about the business of rating, because I've seen a lot of people discount in uh, the idea of, you know, and this comes into content creators. We'll get, you'll get that online. People are like, oh, you should just be a fan and shouldn't make any money. But yet here's a third party, like just literally like, here's a check. Thanks for making whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, I, I never have seen it to be enough to be like, you know, we're, we're not, we're not ninja. We're not, we're not like getting the, the million dollar checks, but like there are MMO creators. Asmongold is like a, a classic example of probably one of the guys and maybe Josh Strife in terms of numbers that are just like, oh, that's, that's great. That those are some really great numbers. Like, that's amazing. But like outside of the, the one percenters of the one percenters here, um, there's also the business of rating, not just in terms of content creation. We, we talked about it in terms of guides and content. That's one aspect, but there's also a business of helping and selling clears within the rating community, not just in 14. This has been something that's across the board and it's, in-game money or real money and it's like however it's structured like everybody knows it exists like it literally is like this is a market that exists and some of these individuals they 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 can do well it's not like you're you know not, not writing home to tell mom that you know she, i'm buying her a house money but it's you know like there is this this an economy here as well and one of the things i tend to see people like try to just like categorize some of the stuff like it's just a game it's just a game for some people it is. And for some people, this is, this is that like being able to be the best and maybe even make a little bit of money on the side to help other people do this content. Like even if it's just kill, even if like, it's even just if it's kill. Just... Yeah. So do you any thoughts on essentially the economy and essentially the business of a uh, hard end content within these kind of games? I mean, I, I think if nothing else, there's there's pride being exchanged. There's some people that just want the clears they're doing. They're keeping all of it for themselves. They're not mm -hmm. necessarily um, you know, they're going and joining Party Finder and stuff like that. They just like the act of having that information and then getting to share that information. That's a whole process, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and so like there are people that just thrive on that. And so anybody that's getting in the way of them getting to the part of the game they enjoy, just imagine that with anything else. Imagine if you couldn't continue to the next MSQ quest until I finished mine and I was standing in front of you with my slash busy signal on just sitting there and you're like, I just want to get to the next quest. So like there are people that this is their end game. And so anybody that gets in the way of that is actively taking away from their Final Fantasy experience. Mm -hmm. um, so like I don't I don't really worry too much about the actual like business business side of it. I mean, from a content creation side, like I think there are creators who are really knowledgeable about the game. I think you and I are across a wide number of subjects are fairly knowledgeable. So our total body of knowledge is pretty large. Um, there are creators that are just 
really really entertaining right like i could i could watch jesse cox assemble ikea like it it, <laughs> it would just be enjoyable yeah uh and and so I, I don't think you and i quite bring that to the table that level of just raw entertainment i think somebody like pint does that where like literally he just yeah. like pulls out a keyboard and he's good at keyboard and i'm like of course he is uh like he's, he's good at everything he does i bet that guy can play an ocarina uh like it's just ridiculous how talented he is and then you you see creators who are just really really good at the game um and they may not have any chat engagement they may not share their knowledge but it's just fun to watch them play because they're doing things you and i can't do yeah. like they're just it's incredible what they do and that's where you think of these like 360 no scope type moments in whatever game it is um where it's just incredible to watch them play and when you see creators where you talk about that one percent of the one percent those are people who have not just one of those categories mm -hmm. um like i think you and i do um but but two or maybe even all three yeah. um where they truly are knowledgeable they're fun to watch and while they're doing it they are they are attaining a level of play that just most people will never hit um yeah and so i think within that kind of business side of it um the content creation side like i really think that this can't be your only plan. Like, oh, the especially in 14, we get a raid every eight months. So whether you're doing it for Gil or you're breaking terms of service and you're doing it for more than Gil or you're mm -hmm. a content creator like like Todd and like this is right and teaching this content is important. And so yeah. he needs to know it through and through um, and his willingness to flex to Dark Knight or whatever it needs to happen. Like that's all part of his learning curve because teaching it for the next eight months is going to be what he does. Um, I wouldn't worry about the like, that's their that's their thing to sort out how what that looks like depending on how many hours they stream right. or whatever yeah. that's their thing to decide what what makes it worth it for them um what i do think is at play here is just the element of like this is some of the only content that one person can actively take it away from somebody else mm -hmm. um right msq you really it'd be hard to ruin my experience especially if i'm willing to take it offline where you can't type a spoiler or something to me mm -hmm. it's mine i own it uh, and within normal clears, like you said, I can jump in with any set of randoms. We're going to get our clears. So as long as I'm doing normal content across the board, but as we look down the barrel at Criterion, Criterion Savage, anybody mm -hmm. who did Deliverum Savage, uh, anybody who's done Savage or some of these extremes, EX4 punches pretty hard um, or ultimates. It only takes one person to actively bar you from that content. I don't care if this game has 25 million players. It takes one person to just actively stand in your way and it. And it's not easy always to just be like, we'll just swap that one person. That's not always that easy. Like, yeah. especially if they're friends with the other people in the group or whatever, like mm -hmm. sometimes you're just there stuck dealing with that. Um, so I think that's the side of it that I think is more at play here is this really shows that um, the business tensions put that, put that added pressure on it. But I think it's the fact that whether you're doing it for true, like, technical definition of business like the act of making money either in game mm -hmm. or out um or you're just doing it for the act of acquiring entertainment it is something that can be taken away by somebody else maybe coming in with a different skill level or a different set of intentions yeah the um expectations like you hit the nail on the head uh with that and i see even you know chat jumping in and absolutely agreeing with you on that it's that and it ends up coming down into like if you were if you and I were going to sit down and we were going to take something like this seriously, which you have stepped into, you're doing some ex. I actually uh, I'm leveling up dancer tonight on uh, on stream, and then tomorrow going to be doing normal raids, and maybe I'll start stepping into the the ex stuff, uh, and maybe even the savage stuff. Like it's it's always been interesting to me. I've always run into a I don't want to let other people down because I don't have that ability. Like I know that about me, thank goodness. So I know not to sit here and ask you guys to have to work around my schedule at some point i think my schedule will open up a little bit uh and that just is going to be a function of time and that's fine like we i had time in the past that's when i would do this kind of stuff i i'll i assume i'll have time in the future to do these kind of things but when it comes down to the the expectations and the alignments of that i think it ends up being that's that's where the frustration comes into play with the difficulty and then you're talking about hours and hours and hours like go work 12 hour shifts five days a week and tell me you're the best person to hang out with on the weekend. Probably not. Like, you know, it's like we all have those limitations and it's something that is then experienced live. And, and the thing you said also, that's, I want to, I want to echo like deeply is that we can all take 30 second clips of our lives and make us look like saints or make us look like just the worst people on the planet. And 
you know, it's important that especially like as like people are like, oh, they're adults, right? Like I've seen that kind of thing. Oh, they're, they're adults. This is just a game. It's like at the end of the day, like that is in my mind, I'm sitting here like that's really presumptive. Like try and take a step back and be like, oh, yeah, like imagine having all these shifts and then someone just telling you it's just a game. It's like it's if it's important to you, like, OK, cool. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend like that it has the same level of importance for me. But like, don't come into my house and be like, you didn't, you know, I can't believe you have dishes in the sink. Like, maybe it's important to me. Maybe it's not. If it is, it's my thing to deal with. And thank God I don't refill myself 24 seven, 365. I, just back in the old justice TV days. Like, <laughs> like what a mistake that was. I don't know. <laughs> uh, any, any thoughts on, on this topic before we talk about your experience so far in Savage? No, no, I'm excited. Awesome. All right, guys, uh, here at this point in the video, just to remind you guys to hit that like button if you're watching this as a highlight here on Work the Game. Uh, and if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to subscribe. Come check us out in the live shows uh, for us to kind of break down and uh, talk about what's going on within the world of MMOs, mainly Final Fantasy XIV. And uh, we're going to talk right now about Chris's experience so far with Savage. I have uh, yet to step into it. We're going to be stepping into that. Um, but your likes on these videos and your comments on these videos are wonderful and they help us out within the mighty YouTube algorithm. Uh, Chris, so far, uh, what from the EX uh, have you done, the EX uh, trials, and how far have you made it into the Savage Raid series for P5 to P8? So I cleared EX4. Um, our group, the final clear of it was really clean. And so we thought, well, let's just grab another if we do four of these, then we'll all get our weapon guaranteed because it's 10 totems. So you get two per. Um, and so let's just knock that out. And we did another 90 minutes of EX4. And that is how high-end content works. It giveth and it taketh away. Like it, we never got another clear. It was just something little every single pull for an entire lockout. Um, we did not get another clear. So um, I did, I think, like four hours of EX4 and I got one clear in it. Uh, had a blast. I'd love to go through and do more of it. Um, it asks a lot of you, but I, I also think that like the timing between the mechanics is way more forgiving than a typical savage. So I say it asks a lot of you, but as long as you know where you need to be, um, there starts to be a real fun to it. And you can kind of like count the mechanics and like, okay, to the wall spread. And like you start to get the hang of it. I do see how like a group of static members where eight people are can almost laugh and joke because you could do the same thing every time because the mechanics are pretty tolerant if you're with a group of people that's the same group every single time but if you're swapping people out every couple pulls there's definitely some room for like oh one person made a mistake and they took three with them uh and so that's kind of part of it um i was hoping to have the extreme weapon because i have my tome pants and everything else is pentamelted i pentamelted my own gear which was immensely expensive uh, and so I am in full pentamelted gear. I did not get my extreme weapon. I ended up doing a pentamelted axe, which is not that far off in stats from the extreme, considering that out of P5, DPS isn't going to be the problem. It's going to be like, can you just literally survive the mechanics? So I went ahead and just went with a pentamelted axe into Savage because we'd already scheduled when we were going to do Savage. And it's like, well, let's just let's just charge on. I'll come back and loop back for the extreme weapon. Uh, my penalty for not getting the extreme weapon beforehand is that I had to pay for the pentameld and that'll just get yeeted. So um, I went into Savage yeah. with Farmer Girl calling the shots. Um, a lot of mechanics make sense. If somebody's calling the shots for you, it all makes sense because yeah. there's a point where they basically say it's odds, evens, then like one, then four, or one, then three, or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And they say that pattern, and it's really easy to navigate. Um, I can usually gauge the odds versus evens or evens versus odds. That, that all makes sense. That's really easy. Um, catching which quadrants... If your camera angle is not just right, it's easy to miss it. And if you miss it, it just goes poorly. So um, I get that a little wrong. And then there's another point where I have to gauge kind of where to drag the boss to as the main tank. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't always read that perfectly. Sometimes I read it right. Sometimes I don't. Uh, there's a bunch of like puddles and crystals and you have to like gauge where the safe spot's going to be for everybody. And as the tank, like you need to see that almost immediately and be able to drag it there. Uh, the party has a little more time. Um so uh, let me get this right, just to kind of set, you know, like what we're what we're really talking about here. What I heard, you're saying that Farmer Girl not only is incredible and so generous in her uh, support for our content, but also is an incredible caller, raid caller. Mm -hmm. Man, it is a shame you are married. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, wow, like that's like that like the double the trifecta there. It's like having a good raid caller, 
by far is 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 a game changer in terms of content but then let me just take a minute again to say thank you to pharma girl for helping out mm. on both sides both in terms of getting chris into the content but also helping making what we do here uh every day possible uh for you guys as well as fluffy and chat uh, with his support over the membership on on youtube now now I really thought that normal, the, just the normal version was chaotic. One of the things I felt as a part of Endwalker's content is that it is time to move. Like it is a very, it feels like a very movement-esque, uh, you know, update. And that's where it's like, oh man, as a healer, I felt that difficulty already on normal. Uh, you were going in as a tank and I hear the door knocking, so I'm going to get these kids moving. But um have you uh, struggled in terms of that tank? Have you played any other roles within this kind of content? Or are you going to pretty much stick with uh, with tanking? I've only done tanking right now. Um, I prefer to know how tanking works. Um, I like. I think it's a good viewing angle of the fight, so I think I get to see a lot of the other mechanics. I'd love to try a few. Healer seems to the, be the role that's taken the most pressure in P5 for Party Finder, um, just because it's so easy for everybody else to take dots, bleeds, deaths. Um, so there's a lot of pressure and it's very, very easy in both the extreme and in the savage for when somebody dies to take somebody with them. Um, there's some like double puddle soaks. There's, there's some things like there's some spreads and EX and like if somebody messes it up, they can absolutely ruin somebody else's day while they're at it. And so just imagine for a second, they take out one of the healers that puts immense pressure on the remaining healer. Uh, so I think it looks like a really tough tier for healers. I am backed up by the fact that since I'm in Party Finder, if you look at the other Party Finders, it was not uncommon to see like, and there's 10 parties all at the same proc point, all missing two healers. Uh, so like, it just looks like it's there is a shortage of healers that uh, are ready to do, to do that content. Um, what I like about both EX4 and about uh, P P5 is as much as they're asking of us, Neither one felt like it was an enormous jump in DPS. If you were all in the actual gear, the recommended gear, and that's only going to get easier, and you are all um, using food and potions, and everybody stays alive, you're probably going to clear both those fights. Even if not everybody stays alive, you're probably going to clear those fights. So what I like about it is there's just a lot of personal responsibility, and yet at a very high level. Um, the devour prog is where I'm at in, I've made it past devour a mm -hmm. couple times, but devour, I'm basically devour prog, like everybody else that's in P5 party finder. Yeah. Um, if you're not getting a clear, it's cause you're a devour prog and it's just a really unforgiving mechanic. We, we regularly go into devour with eight people. It's just that you don't come out of devour with eight people and immediately after devour, you need two light parties. And so when you look down and six are dead, yeah. you're like, well, this Oof. is going to go poorly. Yeah. Uh, and so, and it does, um, so it's it's really hard. The strategies have been slowly getting updated, and as people are getting cleaner, it becomes clearer and clearer that like you can start closer to the center. It's less movement, which all of a sudden starts to make it to where like maybe you don't have to pop sprint, which means that sprint should make it only that much more forgiving. Um, so I think as we get better at knowing the exact movement patterns, um, that'll get easier. It just feels it feels like some some previous savage content I've done where like when you're first doing it, it feels frantic and like, how can I possibly get there? And then as you get better at the mechanic, you realize I have all the time in the world. This mm -hmm. is not a big deal. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun in it. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a fight like that I would prefer to do with comms. And I would definitely prefer to do it with people that you already kind of like are willing to laugh with and maybe that's strangers yeah. sometimes that works out but i was in chat and it was just me pharma girl and fido and like we were having a great time um and it was the only the three of us were in 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 the voice comms and i i had a blast um and even when i listened to other raid groups like as long as they're as long as they're all comfortable with each other in comms yeah uh five is a fun set of problems to solve and i can't wait to get into six yeah, uh, when it comes down to so far what you've experienced, obviously the Savage Raid is a next level tier up from the extremes, but uh, you've also been doing the extremes uh, this uh, this expansion so far. Have you run into like, uh, like, would you how would you rate the current set of extremes like with the current one? Um, like, do you have a favorite? Uh, do you feel one is it more forgiving or unforgiving than any of the others so far? So I went late to the other ones because you and I were chasing Omni 90 mm -hmm. and doing level 90 content was actively in the way of that. Um, so I don't know how much of that's just the fact that I'm going into EX4 like so quick 
Um, this is my first time to ever do Savage Week 1. And so, like, I don't know if it's that I'm just going into it so early in the tier, but EX4 punches. Mm-hmm. Like, EX4 is, like, even just both, same with P5. My God, and P5, like, just the auto attacks on the tank hurt. Yeah. And so, like, you feel it as a tank where you just see your life just getting chomped. Uh, and you're like, what is happening? Like, I just feel naked in those fights. Um, and considering how much time and money I spent crafting and pentamelting my own tank set, you're like, what did I do this for? Like, this stuff is tissue paper. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like I just get pounded. Occasionally, tank privilege still shines through, but usually not without mitt. Usually, if I'm tank privileging, it's because I popped mitt and then watched somebody near me die. Um, but Oftentimes, like I find myself dead a lot if I make mistakes, um, but I don't mind it. Like I actually was disappointed. My very first like on patch extreme that I did was diamond and diamond weapon at the end of Shadowbringers. Like we almost downed at our first pull and it was late into diamond and we're like the people I was with all knew where they needed to be. And I'd watched the guide 16,000 times. Um, and we almost got it down and then we did get it down on second pull. And there was something about that. You're like, should that really be called the word extreme? Um, this feels like it should be. This yeah. feels like, okay, there's a lot of mechanics. They they vary. I need to know exactly which one I'm doing. There really isn't, a like, there's not a ton of time before the, there's, there's like two parts to each mechanic. There's like a part one, part two. There's not that much time before you need to at least recognize the pattern. And mm-hmm. then you then you adjust to the part one. Then there's actually a small delay because it's extreme, not savage. And then there's the part two. And so you've actually got a little bit of a window there. But the initial, like, what are we doing? You've just got to be able to see it or you've got to be able to hear it from a raid caller and immediately respond. Um, so I, I think it'll get better as people start to get cleaner and cleaner at where they put markers and as they get better. Devour, for example, mm-hmm. already as the second strategy comes out, it's yeah. way cleaner. It's a lot less movement. It's a lot less reading. You're like, oh, it's pattern A or it's pattern B. And I just move around the middle. Uh, and so even then, as I was getting clipped by it with this newer strategy, I at least was getting clipped by it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to turn back. Like, at least it was like it was very clear of like, here's what I need to do different. I can see the path where I should have been. Now it's just a matter of getting my character to where my eyes wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to it. Yeah, that's one of the things I see uh, Estin here saying, yes, you hear here the hear complaints about not healing enough and said, all right, hold my, hold my sake. Um, I, I honestly feel like all, overall, even in the normals that I was like, oh, f- it feels like I have more to do because when we were originally talking about all the kind of the you know, homogenization, the easing of kind of your healer toolkit in terms of damage, it's like, well, that's that's perfectly fine, but I want content to heal on. Like, I feel like as long as that is something that's happening, then I'm going to be good. And uh, this definitely, at least at the start, like I, I, it'll be interesting to see how we feel as healers as our gear level goes up and if we ends up having that still that same level of demand on the party now uh while i haven't stepped into the extremes and the savages that literally is my plan to hopefully get that kicked off this week as i wrap up dancer and then just finish off the last 18 levels until i'm omni uh 90 um so that's going to be happening uh this this hopefully this week and then next week as i've been going to be streaming mondays and tuesday evenings for final fantasy um over on twitch if you guys haven't heard of us over on twitch you can check it out links are pinned and all that good stuff uh, and what have you but um i don't i've only kind of seen and watched uh, like several prog groups and i've seen like uh you know your content and it looks good like it's it's i enjoy these kind of things i think what i'm going to really appreciate is when i'm omni 90 i'm not going to feel this sense of like that's that's you know like oh i still got to get that i'm not i'm not getting xp in this fight you know etc and that's just my personal thing but i have to say i'm really more interested in in criterion and even criterion savage and I, the only reason why I feel like I want to jump into Savage now is to actually help with my gear for Criterion Savage. Not that it's, re- I think it's not going to be required overall, but I believe that is going to be something that helps. Am I wrong in that? Like, are we, have I, did I mishear that? Or is that something that I'm, you know, right It does on? sound like it's going to be gear relevant. The question is then, does it do anything about that? Does it act as a catch-up mechanic where it drops Savage level gear, but is always later? Um, does it drop just under Savage level gear? So does it kind of replace that? that crafting pentameld step or that tombstone mm-hmm. step. Um, so there are some questions about like what it does as far as gearing. If it's too good for gearing, it'll become required um, if it ever pushes up against a prog point. But if it's always a half patch behind, it won't matter. The world first race will be long over. Yeah. Uh, and so like there is a question there to like, what does it do gearing wise? 
Um, it should be a part of it. It's supposed, it sounds like they do want it to be at least somewhat gear relevant. Um, the question is how much does balance matter right now on P8 because there's a damage check. Uh, Paladins and Warriors are the better mitigation tanks. And so as you move into a fight where you move to the point that it's in rage, the answer to mitigation is don't get hit by stuff. And if you're not getting hit by stuff, mitigation loses its value. And all of a sudden, Dark Knight and Gunbreaker become the all-stars. And there's very few clear groups posting up with Warriors and Paladins present. It's it's mostly um, Dark Knight Gunbreaker. And so you, you're starting to see frustration in certain members of the community that are having to switch off of being Warrior Banes. Um, as I saw Todd you know, sliding into darkness is how Zeno mm-hmm. uh, sliding off of warrior, you know, and of course he makes, he makes his emotions well known on that. So uh, there is some frustration with job balance. You're seeing like basically no machinists in this content. Uh, so the question with criterion savage is like at the variant level, it's literally not going to matter mm-hmm. at normal savage. If you're a talented player, it probably still won't matter. Uh, and hopefully uh, it doesn't matter regardless. But at the Savage level, how tightly tuned is it? If it's tightly tuned and a class has a 3% advantage, that's what's going to win out. Um, And you want something tightly tuned because that's the challenge. But then you run the risk of now you don't have three physical ranged available. You have two or maybe just one um, because the balance kind of pushes somebody out. Yeah. The what's going to be, I'm just very excited about that. I think it's going to be interesting to see. That does also, it's, we'll have to see what kind of updates to the jobs. Like you said, like, uh, because if Yoshi P always wants to make every job viable, you know, in that regards. And obviously as people then find those preferences that they, that's data that they take in. And that's something that we might see. And I don't know if we'll see what we saw this spring when it came to the PVP, like, Hey, we have these updates and it turns out like that didn't work out. So I don't know if we'll ever see one of those a or B patches again. Um, but in terms of the job balances themselves, we do know the half patch, could bring some of that in, especially once they start looking at the data. We know they really look at this data. So if these preferences are felt, I, I could expect that we'll see some more job adjustments here uh, in the near future. And for any warriors that are just getting into Savage and they're concerned they won't get through PA, gear is going to cover some of that. So like you see it highly pronounced in the top end community who are capable of executing at a top level across multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. Cause the other thing is like people telling me to move to dark Knight, that's not going to give you the response you think you wanted. Like, is my dark Knight leveled? Yes. Can it wear my warrior gear? Sure. But you're not going to like what you get. If you force me to move to a job that I'm not as comfortable on, I'm already making mistakes as warrior. Um, so, you know, I'm not worried about getting my P8 clear on my warrior because it's going to take me so many weeks to get there that, that the gear will just replace it. Yeah. Other people will have replaced the f- a 450 to 600 damage that that swap does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it depends on your pace. If you're a week one clearer, yeah, just as like a future mm-hmm. recommendation, it's so easy to keep jobs geared in this game. I would recommend that you have two jobs within your role that you can go put that savage gear on so that you have the ability to switch back to your main when that makes sense. If your main is ever on the, the, the receiving end of being the weaker one in its role. Mm-hmm. So if you're a tank that likes being a warrior tank, I recommend you pick another tank, especially if they're pairing warrior and paladin and dark Knight and gunbreaker, go pick dark Knight or gunbreaker and go get really good at that one. That way you've got some flexibility. And, and I think that really helps um kind of offset this because this time around it's machinist but what if next expansion it's dancer mm-hmm. um and yeah. you like dancer well it's like okay well then week one you're on machinist and then you get to switch back over when that makes more sense um, absolutely and that's also always a good role like in terms of like when he comes down to it that having that that flexibility to flex on other roles or other jobs within a said role in and of itself and sometimes like the thing that still boggles my mind is those who have multiple characters and that's something that you said to me, like they, there might end up being a goal that you end up having is multiple characters all within, you know, kind of massive amounts of, uh, of levels, et cetera. So to those who do it, tip of the hat, man, <laughs> tip of the Mine hat. Mine'll have to happen because I have a story character, right? Yeah. So because I play MMOs my way where I'm having a lot of fun on my main and I, and I skip a lot of story, um, I have a story all, and that's what I'm on this week. And mm-hmm. so I end up with two characters at least omni 80 because that's where the class quests go to yeah so and then after your omni 80 it's like well if you start laying on tribal quests and you want to get to know those stories and you start doing basically anything else you end up omni 90 like the 80 to 90 jump is not hard yeah so that's kind of part of it now as we transition into kind of the third section third part of this show 
Um, we're going to be talking about um, some uh, PvP within Final Fantasy XIV, Crystal Chronicle. Uh, yeah, Crystal Chronicles. <laughs> Crystal Con Crystalline Conflict. Either one. Both work. Um, we're, uh, I saw some chat talking about what about New World. And then we actually covered uh, New World. And we talked about that in our last uh, live show here as well. So, yeah, you'll be getting a wide range. Chris is playing Guild Wars 2. Chris is... Have you started into the the Wrath... Uh, like pre-launch uh, for the classic, classic wrath. Like, are you doing that I event? I did. I was gonna do that. It's over tomorrow. Um, I don't know if I'll have time. I just wanted to do it for nostalgia's sake. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's when do you make time? Um, wrath of Lich King. Uh, their pre-patch event is now. The the, the actual expansion is not launching until I think closer to the end of the month. Um, but the pre-patch, the zombie events now. Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't know where the time goes, man. Yeah, it's just oh, it's hard to juggle. Oh, especially multiple MMOs. So we're crazy already. And uh, and Flop, just so you, like if you're not aware, man, Chris has actually been playing through the whole story. Like he used, he's not a repentant story skipper. He's very happy with his experience. Um, but he's been going through the story and it's been a really treat. In fact, if you guys are, haven't checked out Gaming Lore Kinda, uh, all his story uh, experiences, him voicing the characters and more are all being uploaded over there. So if you guys want... Uh, to experience that with Chris again, uh, with him experiencing it for the first time. Somebody's like, oh, this guy, he, he like, why is he, how's he pretending that he hasn't seen this? I was like, cause he hasn't, <laughs> that escape key was like, was, uh, was a drug for him. And, uh, you know, so, but again, like, that's the thing. Everybody comes into this game and this experience in different ways. Um, but actually as the uh, show was having issues while we were doing it, like I'm going to go ahead and reshare and I'm bring that in for our, uh, for our discussion that is over here. We'll include a link to uh, this in the description of the live show. Um, and then as well as this, this is uploaded as a video. So guys, if you like these posts, welcome to the channel. Um, if this is used as that uh, specific video, be sure to like this video as it's a great way of helping them out in the algorithm. Sound off in the comments below with your thoughts or go over to the link in the description and weigh in as well. Chris, Crystalline Conflict Season 3 has been a cluster truck. Why don't you jump into the post here and let's, uh, let's discuss it. So, um... Obviously, with the big balance changes, they put everybody back to bronze. Uh, and so it's been hotly contested to work your way up the ranks. Every match, there's a high chance of running into great players on one or both sides. The average encounter seems like you're fighting for your life in crystal ranking. Uh, you got to crystal quite easily in season one and season two, but you've been stuck hard in gold tier for the past few days. The level of typical bronze tier uh, you meet even now is often high skilled players. I love it. Uh, despite it being so brutal and sometimes rage-inducing, devs, please add rival wings to the daily roulettes for like front lines. Still have not seen a game pop even in peak times. I haven't done any rival wings since it came back. It was always something that like every data center or whatever had like a set night and time. And it was like hunts. Like you just, you just, you're there that time right. or you don't do it at all. It's this agreed upon time. We're all going to queue in the same hour long window two hour long window. And that's going to that's going to force it to pop. Yeah, because there's a huge spike in interest with world visit. I mean, with data center visit, that should be easier, right? Maybe Ether has evenings on Mondays and Primal has afternoons and, uh, you know, Crystal has late nights. And so, like, maybe maybe there's something like that that can start to form. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's very frustrating uh, to see that that kind of like that with Rival Wings as the P.S., so, um, have you done any crystalline conflict since it came back? I have not uh, done CC yet and I've been planning to, I just haven't had that kind of time. I've been just focusing in on, uh, leveling. And one of the nice things about crystalline conflict is you get some experience, but in the end, uh, that hasn't been the case. Now being that I focus on leveling, one of the things I've felt very hard is that I have not been able to get a front lines pop typically before now front lines was popping off regularly, like within you know, a minute maybe. And, and yes, I play at a wide range of time. So every time I've been on, I've, I've queued for front lines to a massive 30 minute plus queue. And the thing when I, as, as soon as I see that, I'll let it wait out. I'll let it count down and see if it fills, but that's how, I, that's what I'm feeling right now. Now I have not stepped into rival wings and that in and of itself is like, I'm happy with the PVP changes they've made. I'm looking forward. Maybe I'll do some rival wings tonight. Maybe I'll try to do some uh, of the crystalline conflict tonight. I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm hitting these, getting these jobs finished off because then I think it's going to open me up to kind of focusing on more what I like. And I liked what I played with crystalline conflict. I've made some good progress, but when they talk about having the ranks, you know, kind of like w the fact that we still have, we're avoiding any kind of degradation 
in kind of ranking, it still means that I think what you're going to see is people are going to get to a rank that they like, and they're not going to want, even though they keep you at that rank, you're not going to lose that ranks rewards for continuing to play. I think you're going to still see people hit a certain rank and be happy with it and dip out. And so then you're going to still see, like, if you want to, I think they still run into the problem that you have to be, if you want to be a part of this and that push, even if people are frustrated with how it is right now with bronze and all of that, like it happens now. And then you have to kind of wait till season four kicks off. If you really want to be a part of that push, because people are going to push and then they're just going to be, and then they're going to sit because there's no reason why they need to go play. They'll go do either other things or they'll go play other games. So um, I'm, I'm loving, I, you know, I stand by the changes that they've made already. Like it feels the PVP updates that they have made have been, I think, extremely positive. I think when you go look at numbers within Final Fantasy 14, when you actually go look at the retention in the game, the the big retentions have have held more players than historically any time during this this time in the game's past. Uh, the point one to the point, really the point one to the point four are usually kind of the 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 lull, the more lowly times during the game, and then the point five tends to kind of really just like boost everything back up as it has a full content offering. But what we've seen actually is that more people have been staying around and playing uh, the PvP stuff. So I have not yet stepped into Rival, but uh, I really like what they've got with the Crystalline Conflict. And that's something that I, I'm looking forward to actually spending more time on. But um, when it comes down to a PvP game, like this is just, and this has nothing to do with 14. I've been just addicted to multiverses. Like I literally, you know, when it comes down to like, okay, I want to, I'm going to have a match versus some other human. Like, obviously I don't think 14 needs to, to go in that direction. But it just feels like it's just an easier game to pick up, put down, and then and put away. And when I'm in 14, I'm more goal-oriented. But that's because as the content creator in me, it has nothing to do with the modes themselves. What do you think? I, I can't speak to the quality of player. Um, I will say that if you are ever playing a game where artificially people feel um, like they're lower ranked than maybe they should be, what ends up happening is you can end up in really wildly balanced teams because you can end up with really good bronzes on one team and really bad bronzes on another, and they can just steamroll. Mm -hmm. And Crystalline Conflict as a mode is really good at a steamroll. Every once in a while, you just end in a match that's over in a minute, 20 seconds. Like it's just, it's just a dead sprint and it feels like it's under two minutes and it's over and there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. um, other times they're really hard fought. And so it can really vary. Um, the problem is this time around, A, it's not new anymore. So it's not going to draw people in. I do think putting a mount behind the series reward will, is interesting, but mm -hmm. um, mounts and minions. And so I think that's interesting. But this is competing with players who, when they're done with PvE, could be off in their sanctuary. This is competing with Savage again. This is competing with a new extreme. This is competing with an Unreal that's giving people trouble because um, Sephiroth punches a lot harder uh, than Ultima did. And so like it's competing with a really wide range of content and that's not going to get easier when we move into our next season, but we're still under the same series. Um, and we're looking down the barrel at criterion dungeons, variant dungeons, criterion, savage, Hildebrand relics, like the crystalline conflict. Like when it came back at the beginning of this expansion, you and I said like this, I'm really glad people are enjoying it. Now this will eventually sell into being back end content mm -hmm. and, um, and just be something that some people do, but not everybody does. And be like, no, it's amazing. It's going to be great forever. And they're like, some of those diehard fans were, were believing that it would always be back at that level, but it won't be, it just won't be. And we're going to keep saying that until eventually we're right because the entropy of the universe will like, we'll get there. But, yeah. uh, but at some point this will drop into being back end content. Yeah. And with that, the ranking system is going to get harder and harder. What makes an ELO or a ranking system feel much more balanced is when there's a large chunk of players um, what I will say is that I find myself cursing each job. I'm like, oh, I hate bards. Oh, I hate dark knights. Oh, I hate other warriors. Oh, I hate. And so like, that's a sign that like, there is something fun to each class. Like samurais, I really don't feel they're dangerous mm -hmm. right up until one, one shots me. Uh, and so like, you know, I don't know how it works up in the higher ranks. I'm somebody who bounces around in, in those, those crappy bronze leagues and it's just having a good time. Um, like this week I ended up in matches with tequila shots and I got to the end of the match and it, I saw his name on the board and I pulled up his stream. And uh, and so he just unwittingly became a co-stream and we just had his reaction up and I just hunted him down uh, and, and killed him just so we could see his reaction. So uh, it was like it was like causing reaction content. It's like reaction content, but from the past. Uh, and so I, I had a blast hunting down tequila shots. I, I don't know if you knew I was live. It's like, there he is. There he is. Uh, and so I, I had a blast 
hunting him down. So I think there's ways to have a lot of fun in this. Um, I can't speak to the posters balance, but I thought it was an interest. I thought it was a great title. I thought it was an interesting post as far as just kind of what is the state of crystalline conflict and what is its role within this patch cycle? Um, Cause it's going to enter a weird state where you're like, I don't know, like are the caliber of players there? And as you say, right. like, Frontline's interest has died off. Well, people don't need it for the experience. People don't need it for the Garo event. And they've got a lot of other great content that's new yeah. and fresh. It's really hard for Frontline's to yeah. keep up with that. That's why like, I'm looking forward to jumping back into Rival and seeing if the queues are the problem. Because that's that's always been one of the key issues with PvP. It's the wait. People just want to play. Like, they just get, find me people to play with. Let's go. And now that Rivals is back, I'm betting that a lot more attention is in that kind of space. And then ultimately, it still brings up the challenge and the hope of what do we do from here? Because Frontlines, as it's part of its rotator, like I think it really has some weakness in, in its design. And I would love for them to take a whole nother pass at it, especially when you talk about UI, especially when you talk about even if they bring the feast back, right? The feast had this excitement, this like, you know, this, this fair of like, oh, you got to knock out and, you know, like bring in, if they brought in, you know, announcing and, and all this stuff. Like one of the things that's fun in a PVP game is PVPing and not necessarily like, we're just about, you know, like no one's going down. It's just like, okay. And then you just stretch it out. But Crystalline Conflict has brought that. And I think that there's a lot of really cool things that they could do with it. And I just hope that the team is excited by what they've delivered and I hope they stop being afraid of PVP. Like the open world PVP is still located and isolated to this one spot. And I just would love to see what the devs could come up with. Not that I, you know, never advocating for open world, just running up and ganking people, but like, could there be a dual system in which we could go and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make our own PVP match out here in, uh, in Limsa, you know, like we're just going to go and set it up and, and you're going to use the terror, you know, the, 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 the whole lay of the land so it's like it's just going to be crazy fun capture the flag something you know some kind of mode that within the duels that you have going on for it like i think that would be something really thrilling to see because i think they nailed the jobs i think that when you go and you play the jobs outside of minor adjustments here and there saw like flop asking is like are healers still severely op in pvp no like i because healers are damage dealers in, in pvp they have a little bit of healing but everybody having that ability to manage the healing on their own like that makes that that makes that role feel a little bit more in enjoyable because it's like, we always discovered that the, the, the team with the better he a healer is always the team that wins. And now that doesn't necessarily always be the case. Yeah. There, there's times that I'm the only tank in the whole lobby and that doesn't seem to. So like, it, it seems to vary based on there's not like, Oh, there's this role is present. So that team's unbeatable. Yeah. Um, there are some classes that are always going to go through balance points where they're really good. And that class may be a healer. Um, but it's not because they're a healer. It's because that class's abilities are really good. It has nothing to do with the roles, uh, right. in my opinion. Um, you know, and so I think, like, obviously healing is still really valuable. But the, an organized DPS team that can just focus them down, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, so the, the team that can stay organized and stay focused on actually killing targets, when people have a chance to fully heal back and have a chance to kind of shield and get away... Um, the team that actually finishes targets wins, especially early in the fight. Like the crystal can be coming your way, but if they're bleeding people to do it, mm -hmm. as their respawn timers get longer and longer and longer, eventually you just push it all the way back because you wipe their team once and they've got like 60,000 seconds of respawn. And you're like, okay, I guess we're just going to push it all the way. Pushing it all um, We got it. So. I've seen, I've still even seen like as people push that crystal that if the, you know, like we've actually been able to even turn it around. So I've seen where you just like go all the way to the end. I've seen where they almost get it all the way in the goal and then you claw it all the way back and then you actually, you know, get the win. And it's sometimes it's like you have that ebb and flow that stand, you know, that standoff. And that's where the matches feel good. The matches are are tight. They're quick. They're easy to get into, uh, except for when they made black mages, like just the be all end alls <laughs> like that. I couldn't get in on a black mage. I was like, oh, come on. I want to. It's so crazy. It's so good. Um, but uh, they, they have since uh, like uh, clawed that one back. But. That, that's just the thoughts that I have on it. Like, I, I, I still think they don't have the rankings down. I still don't, like, without any kind of degradation, I don't see them solving this problem. And they, they tend to avoid that because it goes against their philosophy of making people feel like they are required to play. And it goes against the subscription model in which that imagine if you couldn't be subscribed for a month and then you lose all this progress, that wouldn't feel good either. But 
I don't know of a good solution to really kind of manage that and mitigate that. You know, there's not, there's no perfect solution. I think there's just like, what's the worst choice or what ends up being the best. Do you have any thoughts? Like you would like to, I think a season's only a couple months. So unless this is, unless the, the prizes are like, Oh, these super, every single season gets a unique rare mount. And if you lose the rank, you never get it again. I don't know if you can't be, um, if you can't be subscribed for a whole season, it's hard to say that somebody who can is actively doing it shouldn't pass you. So like I'm for degradation personally, mm -hmm. if I unsubscribe, I just know that's part of it. Yeah. Um, but I'm also somebody that can live without rewards. You and I've been playing a long time and I bet you and I are missing an enormous number of seasonal events just because we we're busy at the time. So mm -hmm. like that doesn't end up being kind of our end game. So I know that we're only like, I would only be speaking maybe on behalf of both of us. But when I say that, like, Oh, if you take my rewards away because I take a break like that, I knew that when I took the break mm -hmm. um, and I can live with that. But for people that like it feels like life kind of took away your ability to subscribe and those rewards are really important to you. I can see why that's that's maybe an opinion you differ with. Yeah. Um, and, and those who enjoy I see Framsey over in Twitch chat talking about how for those who enjoy PvP that have already gotten more than the title that are still playing it, they're, they're enjoying it for the mode. And that's true. But like there is still there is still a value proposition in which that some people probably maybe even more than just those who are just doing it for the fun tend to enjoy. And I would say like, if you, one thing outside of that, that they could add to this is some kind of career statistics, like give me more information on how my job breakdown is as my character and, and PVP and win loss per job and total healing that I've done. And what's my average, like what's my average damage on these different jobs. So that way, essentially as a career stat, like that gives me some things to chase from a PVP perspective. It doesn't actually have to be a, a mount or a piece of gear. Sometimes it's just literally like, give me some stats that I can say, I wonder if I can beat that. I wonder if I can push myself to oh, be better. Fair. Some of it is at the end of the match. And so for match to match, like you have to write that down, but in the grand scheme of things, pulling up my character, I'm, I'm, I get, I see win losses by the content, but I don't get a, by job breakdown. I don't get like damage, you know, things like that. Right. Like, unless if they've added all that, then forget it guys, <laughs> we're going to wrap up the show. I'm going to go do some PVP. Um, I mean, they definitely show like my, my victories and like my highest tier acquired. Yeah. Um, but they don't strike it down like by job and all that. So, I like, just it would think, be nice to see yeah. like. How have I done as a white mage historically? How have mm -hmm. I done as a white mage this season? Yeah, um, exactly. Like just having some things that then can push you so that it's 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 not a physical reward or like, a, you know, a, a virtual reward there. It's literally a personalized set of like, oh, yeah, this is my own goal. Right. So the only way to do it now and and again, like, I guess I could literally write this stuff down and, you know, OK, here's my numbers and I recorded every match, et cetera. But like the programmer me is like, yo, like just let's store this information and let's let's have some fun with it because it'd be really interesting because yeah, it shows you your, your win loss rate, but imagine if like you win ninety percent of the of your games on a warrior, but anytime you step over into whatever, that drops down and you know it turns out when it's raining, like I'm not that degree, but that's just the baseball nerd in me. Like oh, when it's raining outside, oh he broke up with his girlfriend and then he uh. He threw a really bad game you know it's like okay you know like oh, oh oh no it turns out they're going to the world series whatever you do don't break up with this guy break up with him after he gets the win and then you know, it's like come on like uh that kind of stuff i just love this kind of stats and what's up colin how are you doing today dude thanks for tuning I'm, in to yeah, I'm, I'm looking on like the lodestone and stuff and i don't see anything that it'll tell me my standings but it's yeah. not going to tell me it's not it's not to the degree that you're asking for right exactly and um, i think that I think that could actually be something that would, would help benefit PVPers in the long run. Cause it gives you that fun little things to chase season over season, total career. And, and I mean, uh, I love stats. Yeah. I, I was hopeful. I was in party finder, so there was no way to tell who it was, but I was hopeful that when I was in savage, that somebody would upload my parse mm -hmm. and, and um, somebody was in chat and goes, well, you're likely a great parse. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. but like, how do I improve? Right. And so, like, I don't care that it's a great parse. I want to know what mistakes I made. And like yeah. when I went and pulled it up, it looked like I had, you know, like 85 percent, uh, only 85 percent of the time was I using a global cooldown. OK, well, that's just get better at mechanics, get better at mechanics. And because there were times where I was so focused on mechanics, I just wasn't pressing abilities. And so 15 percent of the time I wasn't doing anything. Uh, well, that's an easy thing to fix. And that'll that'll naturally get better as I repeat content. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of things. 
um, what are just mistakes I'm making? You know, are there things that I'm just doing objectively wrong that is just a muscle memory issue? Um, and so I like those stats. I like having that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't care that mine are bad because I'm using them not as a benchmark me against the community. I am using the community for like a relative, like how good could you be? But I am mostly just trying to beat myself. So if I'm a 14 and this tier, all I do is make it to a 16 and my DPS goes up 20% mm -hmm. um, above and beyond what gear should have done. It's like, okay, I improved my stats by 20%, but I improved my overall DPS by 30%. Yeah. That's awesome. Like that's a win for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to get where I'm improving me. Uh, I really can't do it. I can't become somebody else. So that I don't, there's no benefit in worrying about what anybody else is doing outside of like a relative, like what is possible. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good stuff coming up. And right now, guys, if you are uh, hanging out on the YouTube side, you want to go hang out and uh, experience some Final Fantasy 14 with Chris over on Twitch. We're going to wrap up our live show for today. Um, we've been having a lot of fun doing these live shows. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be breaking them up also into videos. So you'll see those rolling out in the channel as well. And we also post the MP3 uh, a couple days after the fact. Uh, so if you guys are subscribed to the Crystal Core Radio podcast, go go give it a sub. Go you know go check it out over on all the uh, places where podcasts can be found. We recently got added to uh, Samsung TVs. You know, like so they're always adding in new platforms for podcasts. So we're wherever podcasts are are discovered, and you can always we're not use... yet on Tamagotchis, but we're working. Yeah, on we're it. working on it. We got to get those Tamagotchis. That's that's a <laughs> the um interestingly enough i think we did actually get my uh maddie uh a tamagotchi uh, you know a little one of those little pets and stuff like that and she was just having fun with it um anyway that's gonna wrap it up for the show guys be sure to tune in uh live whenever we schedule these out be a part of the discord uh so that way you don't miss uh updates about our live streams about our community game nights and uh so much more thanks so much for being here hopefully you guys enjoyed the show hopefully we'll see you in our next one and until then guys Take care. There it is. <laughs> I couldn't see your face. I was like, is it I me? know, I know. I was like, is uh, it me? Uh, and I was like, I, I should let, I should let Chris get to take care. And I was like, all right, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll get better at doing the live ones and stuff like that. So.